Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. We came to market with a $500 website and we still do have a $500 template, but we now offer more complex websites that will allow people to have their website work for them. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Chip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again today as we continue on our mission of crushing that stigma around cannabis and caregivers one can a story at a time. So this, just to confuse people, this show is being recorded before Thanksgiving, but it's going to be out after MJ BizCon. So we talk about random things that don't make sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hope everyone's enjoying their leftovers. <laughs> So confusing. So I am heading out to Vegas next week, and I could come back the winner of an MJ, possibly, maybe. Oh yes, you already got one on the mantle, right? Or or no? I have, not, no, oh. I, have a, no I have a woman in cannabis, right? And I have a knee can. Okay, well, right. there's still room on that mantle. We need a third, and yep. uh, yeah, that's so funny. I got I went to my hairdresser yesterday so I can figure out how to put my hair up all by myself. So. <laughs> It, there's been a lot of prep for this and the clothing. There's so many different outfits I need to bring. There's a lot of parties. I'm mm. a little overwhelmed. And today's <laughs> guest is going. So maybe we'll talk about it, even though this is coming out afterwards. So we can like, talk about what we're afraid of. Vegas would be better for your hair because it's low humidity, right? Yeah. It's just the whole I'm wearing a fancy dress with like sparkly shoes and the whole thing. So I need to put my hair up. Otherwise, I will end up putting up in a ponytail. And that would just be not great because pictures are going to be taken, Dave. There's only pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Canna images everything. 
That's all about it. I'm going to a hip hop party. Really? Crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, if you think of it, take out your phone and do some live reporting, and then we can play the clips on the on the pod. Well, that's part. I will be reporting. I am going on a um, press pass, so I will be reporting and putting things out, which is why this show will be coming out afterwards. Because next week will be all MJ BizCon, me flying in reels and party shoes, and yeah, it's gonna be great. Well, do will all the parties have like edibles and drinkables and things? I don't know. I've actually I only went <laughs> once with Amy years ago. Oh, she's telling us. Oh, yeah, I went with Amy, and uh, she smoked so much during the day that she fell asleep at night, and we didn't do anything. <laughs> Uh, well, that'll happen in Vegas, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, slow and steady. All right, so, yeah, I'll be posting from Vegas so you'll know what I'm doing and what I'm wearing. And <laughs> I don't have a culture corner today, but it is the holiday season, and I like books. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to recommend this site. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called NPR Books We Love Gift Guide. Mm, no. It, it's literally like a database. So it's a database from people who like reading books, and they put it together over at NPR, and you can – Select categories of like, like say if my can of fiction existed, <laughs> there was mm-hmm. this topic. It could be people who like cannabis and fiction and chick flick and my novel, She's Taking a Break, would come up. So you can put in oh, things that you like and it'll come up with a book that they think the person you are buying it for would like. So I think that's kind of interesting. That Yeah. And needed because I'm always looking for a new book. I just got done listening to the audio book of the oral history of creating the movie Airplane. It's not exactly high culture, but it was entertaining. What would that be under? People who like airplanes and comedy? (laughs) (laughs) Ironically, you don't have to like airplanes at all to enjoy the comedy farce that is Airplane. But anyways, that, that, that totally makes sense. And sometimes it's overwhelming picking a new book with... That's so funny. All right, so that's the Cannabis Book Gift Guide. Looking, what else? And they have stuff from the years past. So if you're looking for like a past year, I don't know. I, I just thought it was like a nice way to find books. I always buy books for people. And the way I do it is wander around the bookstore and see if the cover's nice. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Joyce, what did they always tell you? Don't judge a book by its cover. But if it's going to sit there for a long time before it's being read, it should look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do read my books. I think that's at Oh, the only. So I didn't make a quilt for this year's cannabis podcast giveaway thing you know, i usually mm-hmm. do a quilt and it's usually hanging behind me um, but see behind me i yeah. made a butterfly quilt i was gonna hang it can i hold it up you have to, yeah, hold, dig, sure, you have hold to talk it about what it looks like those right. listeners watching the video will experience this well i'll narrate the action here joyce is removing the quilt from the back it was located at the back of her seat now she is holding it aloft and we have a lovely it's it's a white background but very colorful, almost all the colors of the rainbow. There are shapes. There are arrows going down. I'm not sure if there's symbolism to that. And it's it's taller than Joyce because she is holding up, and now we can't see her. Anyways. So tell us tell us about it now that we've seen it. I normally every year I do a, a pot, I do a quilt like I, I did the Amazing yep. Women of Cannabis quilt, and I did the Mom Bong for Mom quilt. Remember? Mm-hmm. So this year I made a quilt, but it's just for me. But I thought it was so pretty. But we are still talking about crafting because we're talking about the hemp guitar, too, because my son is making that. And that is going to be some sort of marketing giveaway plot I haven't figured out yet. So, yeah, if you're following me and my crafting, I'm making – I put this up, but I've also been putting Josh's hemp guitar. So. Yeah, you can play in your cover band, play a, a full set of classic rock songs, and go home and smoke your guitar. Exactly. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be- 
everything we have here. All right. So I guess we can just move along. So thank you, Dave, for indulging me. And I'll see you after MJ BizCon. And hopefully I'll have another trophy sitting behind me. Today, today we have one of the founders of Canicide Company. It's a unique cannabis marketing firm. This is a woman-owned and operated boutique cannabis marketing company. And it was founded in 2018 by a couple of moms who were hustling to do all the things that moms have to do and also wanted to invest their creative energies in this emerging cannabis industry. Their business model is client-centric, and they can build you a website quickly and train you to host and maintain it all by yourself. Founders, Reagan Hatch lives in Texas, a non-legal state, and her business partner and college friend, Karen Cooper, is in Washington State, and they are ready to help you. Here today to talk about the marketing work, their advocacy, and the unique experience as Canamoms, please welcome to the Canamom Show, Karen Cooper, and hopefully... Reagan will be listening. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for um, having me. You're welcome. All right. So I just introduced yourself. Where are you? And I was going to have you talk about your roles, but you can just talk about, I guess, what you're doing and what Reagan's doing and how you, how you met. <laughs> sure. Sure. We both attended SMU in Dallas, Texas for college. And that is okay. where we met and formed our friendship. friendship. Mm-hmm. We, can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. we always say we bonded over a beer and a bong. Yeah. College, college was fun. Uh, <laughs> and then we went our separate ways, obviously, and, and travel took us to different places. Reagan ended up in so- South Central Texas. And I moved around quite a bit for different jobs and found myself in the Pacific Northwest in uh, mid-2017. When we reconnected, I was attending a cannabis marketing trade show here in Seattle. And I kind of looked around and thought, I feel like these people could use some help with marketing, with their booths or or with their presentations, et cetera. And so coming from the agency world, marketing, digital marketing agency world, I had connected with Reagan just to catch up and, and said, Hey, do you want to, you want to start a company? Do you want to start a brand that serves this market? I had done the solopreneur thing Mm -hmm. for years at different points during my career. And I knew that I didn't want to do it alone again, that I needed a partner. I'm, I'm the creative and, and I can't, both be creative and and build the company, sell the sell the products. And I needed someone who likes sales, likes networking, likes talking mm-hmm. to people, all that stuff. And Reagan was the perfect person for that. And so she thought about it for 24 hours and jumped in. All right. All right. So you came from, when, what years were you in college? We graduated in 2001. Okay. So we're, way before. Yeah. yeah. So way, way before legalization, you just wrote can of friends and all that. All right. So when you, so I got into this industry 2018. So that was still pretty early. I call these dog years. So I understand why marketing is so specialized for cannabis being in the industry. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen in terms of, for people just don't know, what do you feel like is specialized? What were people missing and what were you bringing to the table that you really felt like um, we didn't have yet back in those days? Or maybe still don't have. <laughs> yeah, you know, we formed the company in in May 2018. I just thought that the brands were so short-staffed 
if you will, one or two people trying to do everything to build mm-hmm. a company, whether it was a cultivator or not so much dispensaries, but cultivators and, and producers, smaller companies that were creating really wonderful products with really wonderful messaging, but they didn't have a way to get that message out other than talking to people. And and while that is great, and we certainly built our business on word of mouth, it's not really enough mm-hmm. to grow a, a successful brand in a legalized state. So I thought that these brands were missing compelling websites. They were missing compelling websites that was that were going to communicate the message and and be attractive, be modern, be something that people would take a chance on. So that was what I felt like we needed to bring to the industry because as advertising in cannabis is quite difficult or limited. Mm-hmm. And so they need a what I call a digital headquarters for people to find them. And cannabis is, because it's not federally legal yet, there's all sorts of issues with just even having a Facebook page, having an Instagram page. And you should not, in my opinion, invest all of your time and effort on a platform that may or may not support you tomorrow, that may shadow ban you, that may just, you know, delete your entire page. And so you need to have a very strong digital headquarters, which is your website that you own, that no one can take from you and that no one's going to shut you down. That will be the place where all of your marketing efforts lead back to, whether it's handing out business cards or talking to people at trade shows, or if you are able to do some, there are obviously some methods of advertising, not in the way of Google, but some efforts for digital or availability for digital marketing, advertising, digital advertising through display ads on mm-hmm. on markets or on channels, apps, things that are are cannabis friendly. But where are you going to send them? Where are they going to go? Back to your website. That's interesting. So I will say I'm 58. So <laughs> I'm not a tech native in any way, shape or form. But back in the day, when my friends were forming companies back in the 90s, 80s, whatever, they had a website. And so for me, that makes complete sense that you'd have a website that is central. But is it is that not sort of the mindset of most humans now? Because there is so much other social media that this idea of a hub isn't maybe not necessary. Well, I think that COVID yeah. made it necessary again. I think that COVID was a big, we've had different movements towards digital at different periods in the last couple of decades, newspapers having to go online, magazines Mm -hmm. having to go online. And COVID was another one of those events that really woke everyone up. Like, I've got to be online. If if I'm going to survive this pandemic, people have got to be able to get my product. I've got to be able to make sales online. So I think that that helped as well. So I don't, I, I am learning about marketing. This has been like a whole world for me. So that makes sense sort of to me. All right. So you talked a little bit about your role. You said you were the creative and Reagan is more of the sales, marketing, business person. And is that your whole team? Do you have other people who are working with you? How no, we have other teams. We have yeah. our amazing and, and talented Becca, who is our designer and um, web developer, senior web developer. She is the magic behind the products, behind the websites that we build. We also have a number of contractors that serve uh, on, or that do different tasks or different parts of our business. We have a lot of copywriters, um, some admins, some project managers, people who help us with social media, 
things like that. But I would say that they are all women and they are all incredibly talented and, and not that we discriminate, but we did build this company and this brand to empower women in this industry, both having come from very heavy male dominated industries, myself, the automotive industry and Reagan came from like water treatment and that that sort of industry and so they're very male dominated and and while cannabis is as well we wanted to make an impact and and to empower women to have a bigger presence i mean because this is this is literally my mission is to make sure that women are having their stories are elevated and we create this industry and the caregiver image that she is and you guys are all moms and i do talk to men once in a while and i'm like oh my god there are men here too (laughs) It's wonderful to have such a community of women in an industry with something that I had not ever experienced in, in automotive or back in journalism. I think we were a little bit more, a little more. I I, I will say what I think the goal is that we are creating a new industry and we can create it a different way. It's not already for, again, I'm an older woman, so I'm not trying to break into something that already exists. I'm trying to be part of a new culture that creates this industry in a different way so I love talking to all of you because I find it kind of fascinating and amazing honestly so I'm enjoying all the stories I'm hearing I hope other people are too so let's just talk about what you do before we get into your family and story what is it that you offer women or what are you offering cannabis businesses our primary product and service is website design. We mm-hmm. have a number of different products at different price points. We understand we came into market with a $500 website back in 2018. Like I said, looking around at the trade show, I just felt like people don't have major marketing budgets, right? The industry was definitely, even in Seattle, where it was an established industry, it was still newer and, and people were cashing out their 401ks to to jump into the industry. And so we were like, people don't have a major budget, but it's so essential to have a, a modern website that will convey your message. So we came to market with a $500 website and we still, we still do have a $500 template for people who don't have the budget, but we now offer more complex and design heavy and functionality heavy websites that will allow people to have their website work for them, um, a lot of tasks, that sort of stuff. And who are you working with? Who are some of the people, maybe women's businesses or businesses that are kind of unique or who you really felt helped? Well, we are really excited. We just launched the Blunt Brunch website and we're excited to be a sponsor of that event. So tell me about about the Blunt Brunch. We've been talking about MJ BizCon before we got on the air. We can talk about later in Adelia. So I just decided I haven't been to it yet and I'm missing it this year, but tell everyone what the Blunt Brunch is and how you're helping them. Well, the Blunt Brunch is a women's cannabis organization that is having blunt conversations about how we can grow the industry, about how women can succeed in the industry. They would certainly give a better pitch than I would about their organization, (laughs) but we really adore the group and we're happy to be a part of it. Happy to be a sponsor this year. The, they had a, a website on, on Wix, I believe. So one of the issues in cannabis is having your website on a platform that may or may not have friendly cannabis terms Mm -hmm. and, or have good functionality to, to look professional. And so we are always recommending people to to get off of platforms like 
Squarespace, Wix, et cetera, while they're lovely platforms and certainly DIY friendly and, and affordable, we just don't think it's worth investing time and money and effort into a website that could get shut down tomorrow. So that was a big part of their project was getting them off of Wix, getting them onto a onto WordPress, which is what we primarily build in. It's open source. There are no rules, if you will. There are no limitations as to what you can do with a website, with the functionality you can build on a WordPress website. And so getting them launched prior to their event so that they can showcase their organization better, if you will, in with more information, with, with more um, photos so that people can get a, a real feel for the type of event that it is, um, feature the amazing women that, that make up the organization um, and allow them to uh, market their different events and, and link to the source where they can buy tickets, that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, I'll put that in the show because it is a great event. I watch them. They're all over the country and I, I'm not going to make the one in Vegas, but you know, sometimes there's other parties. So let's kind of like track, <laughs> circle back just to like your family, your experience. You have children. How old are your children or child? I do. I have two boys. They are, well, one's turning seven next week and the other just turned three. Okay. Uh, and, and you're I, a can of mom, obviously. So I'm um, a can of mom. How has this kind of like worked into your life? Is this something you felt like you had to give up when you became a mom? Were you always open about it? How did this actually work with your family and friends? I'm very liberal as far as my use of cannabis, or at least my talking about my use of cannabis. It has to me been a medicine to help me deal with stress and anxiety and and some of those things that kind of grow. I mean, as you become a mom, I certainly used it prior to pregnancy. Obviously took a break for a while there while I had babies, but I never really experienced anxiety until I became a mom. I've got to keep it hard. Yeah. (laughs) That keeping them alive is a lot of pressure, people. It is a lot of pressure. (laughs) And and as as parents, I think Most of us, if not all of us, want our children to do better and have better. And so the pressure that I think we as moms put on ourselves um, is sometimes can be insurmountable. It's certainly a big part of who I am and and a big part of my daily life and and navigating challenges and struggles and, and just everyday life, just the things that come up every day. So I... I mean, my kids are too young for it to be a conversation yet about it, but I have always felt at least that I would be quite open about it and that I would present it not, I mean, obviously cannabis can be fun, right? Yeah. Um, It was certainly was a lot of fun in college. Nowadays, it's a little bit more medicine, medicine to me and, and for my mental health. I also work from home, which I think adds another layer of, we, we had COVID where we were all at home and then, and I'm still at home. So I love, I I, I think it's better than alcohol. I think that my era, we did not talk about cannabis. No one talked about it. If you used it, you hid in the bathroom or you didn't tell anybody ever. And now there's a whole new generation of moms who they aren't wine moms, they're can of moms. And they're talking about it in a very normalized way, which means their kids 
think it's just like something that mom and dad do. It's not like some big curiosity or something. And they're smart about it. I just, you're the ones who are breaking the stigma and crushing it because you're normalizing it around your kids. And there are children's books now, which I think it's just a plant. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know it was a plant. Like I really didn't know like what it was. And then there's a Miss Kindness. Do you know Miss Kindness Ramirez? Yeah. So she has a book called Growing What's Growing in Grandma's Garden. I think that's what it's called. Oh, yeah. oh yes, I think I've heard of that. I and haven't a, seen it. I have a couple over there, but there's like a whole genre of just it's a plant that you grow and kids. It's just a normalized thing and integrated into their life, like it's no big deal. So I think that's funny. So was there ever a stigma, like when your family found out you're going to be doing cannabis marketing? Was there an issue or concern or anything? Mm-hmm. My parents are pretty liberal, and okay. so no. I mean, my dad will obviously ask some questions here and there that that show his age. But I think that my parents are have always been very accepting of my brother and I and whatever we want to do and pursue. We're very lucky in that way to have had support and encouragement and, and whatever we do. And yeah, I don't think... No drama. Uh, That's good. This, no, this, no drama. I mean, I, I remember being a kid, a teen, sneaking yeah. a joint here and there and trying to hide it from mom and dad. But But I'm very open about my use of it I would say the one I don't I haven't smoked if you will in front of my children I feel like that's gonna take time and be a different conversation but my husband will take an edible for his back pain mm-hmm. for example and and there's no reason not to talk about that and you're in a, I mean it's kind of different for Reagan so you're in a legal state and yes for her what is her I mean Let's talk about it behind her back. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's, it, what's it like yeah, for her in Texas? Yeah, conservative state. It not only is it not a legal state, it's a very conservative state. They are, they do have a big hemp organization that she's a part of. And so she Yeah, is, so I was actually going to ask her about that. Are you, are you familiar with that work she's doing with the hemp world? Is that something um, you're doing as well? It's the, it's the Texas Hemp Coalition in particular. And she may even be involved in other organizations. I believe she's on the board of that one. And goes to the Capitol to talk to legislature legislators to, about legalizing, and, and and as a part of that effort, we are sponsoring the Texas Hemp Summit, which is their annual event that they put on. The Texas Hemp Coalition puts on every year. That's coming up in December, and and we'll be there to support that. So it, she's very active in in the state in in efforts to legalize, but also just efforts to talk about it and to destigmatize it. As far as her access to it is certainly less so than mine. And I believe that she probably will, would and will, her children are a little older than mine, but I do think they are aware of it. I, I think it's starting to become a conversation, at least with her oldest and she may take a a slightly more conservative approach than I might about usage in front of her children and whatnot, because they are in their, they're now teens or almost teens. So it's, it's going to be a different type of conversation for her with them, but I think think they're already talking about it. Yeah. It's a, my kids, my joke is I had my cannabis awakening. I came home and told my teenager children that I had everything I knew about cannabis is wrong. They were psyched, you know, and it went from there. But, you know, they already knew how to, they were consumers and they were using it in different ways. It's just a different conversation. Like, but for, that's interesting. So she's in a very conservative state. So did she have issues when she talks about working in the cannabis industry in her world? 
Well, it's funny. We, when we started the company in 2018, we started with two brands and we still have two brands, but we did that because she was in a non-legal state and she wanted to be able to network and to serve friends and, and acquaintances and, and businesses in her area. So we have a non-cannabis brand for that just because it was, it was still a little taboo to talk about it. And there were people Maybe even more importantly, there were people who weren't comfortable hiring a company with cannabis in the name or canna in the name. So we had that other brand for that as sort of a, a catch-all for anyone who um, wasn't comfortable or hadn't seen the light yet. That's but right. she would tell you now that <laughs> she gets, she's probably markets Canasite more than the other brand at this point. Mm-hmm. And I would say... I think we usually estimate like 90% of our business is through the Canisite brand wow. and not our other brand. And and many, we've had many Texas businesses and individuals hire Canisite explicitly for their project, whether that is hemp, CBD, the Deltas, whether they're like CBD shops yeah, yeah, or, or just people who are, are starting to serve like ancillary type businesses who are starting so- to serve market. So, I mean, we're getting new, obviously, Ohio just came online, New York is huge. So are you seeing just sort of a general uptick and like people who are looking for help or trying to get into the business from different parts of the country? Are you focused more in certain areas? How's that working with you? Um, We do tend to follow the legalization map and, and kind of try to introduce ourselves into the new markets as they come online, if you will. We still have clients here in in Washington, which Washington has been a legal state now for, I don't even know, was it 2012 when they legalized? I think they're like, yeah, early. Yeah. uh, Colorado and Washington legalized the same Mm -hmm. day. I think it was 2012. So even in very mature markets, we still get businesses, but I would say less. So we do tend to to, um, be a go-to for new businesses that are ready to jump in. We're lucky and and have learned so much about the industry that we can be a guide or a consultant in, in just getting your business up and running and your initial marketing activities. So we're able to, I think, offer some of that comfortability for, for new people who are I, just- Jump in. So what are you, are you saying like- are you seeing a lot of ancillary kind of businesses? Are you seeing dispensaries coming on board? Out here in Massachusetts, all yeah. the dispensary websites look exactly alike. I don't know if it's a regulation, but I've seen the ancillary businesses are more creative. Yeah, we. I mean, we get a very good mix of all of it. Yeah. Um, we do have some dispensaries, but not as many as you think. Yeah, we, we work with a lot of delivery businesses. We're partners mm. with a variety of cannabis menu providers because dispensaries have more rules to follow and they can only sell within their state. And so, so selling online or having people purchase online is a different hurdle mm-hmm. for them. And they usually need, because of the merchant processor, because they need someone to process those payments, they usually have to work with a cannabis menu provider who has a built-in merchant, which is great. We work with a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we're partners with Meadow, Dutchy, iHeartJane, etc. So, but that's a, it is a little bit different beast. We get to be maybe a little bit more creative with some ancillary or or businesses that aren't e-commerce, mm-hmm. but 
And that said, we, I would say, again, we have a, a healthy mix of, of all different types of cannabis businesses from plant touching to non. And they're all up. If you look on their website, they have a great kind of cover of like all the different businesses they're working with. It's kind of inspiring just to see them all out there. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have a page on our website of all of our published projects, our live websites. And so you can check that out and get an idea of the various types of businesses that we work with. And, and we always say we're growing our crop every week. So yeah. <laughs> and I- every week. And we are, so we're, this will be after MJ BizCon, but you're going next week also. So I don't know, what are you looking, I know you're sponsoring the Blunt Brunch and I don't know what other venture connected with, but what are you looking forward to? What are you hoping to achieve? Have you been before? Are you excited to go again? Yeah. MJ BizCon, it's huge and overwhelming yes. me already. <laughs> we went, um, I think we went our first year or second year. We went in 18 or 19 we have yet to exhibit. We have definitely exhibited at a number of cannabis trade shows, but we haven't exhibited at MJ Biz. The first year we just walked around and and Reagan had looked up websites and and picked out a, a few that were not awesome. That oh, could that's funny. a little bit of help. And so we walked around and basically like, hey, we built websites and we think you can use some help, but you know, but in a kind way. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what uh, we did the first time. And then obviously COVID happened. Then um, last year we had plans to go and I actually finally got COVID the week. Oh. So I could not go. Reagan had to go it alone. And uh, although I attended- heard people, a lot of people got COVID at MJ BizCon last year. So. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. I did not want to get COVID again. Yeah. Uh, so Reagan went alone, but attended Blunt Brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and thought that that was an amazing experience, which is again, why we wanted to become involved with that and sponsor that event this year and, and basically did marketing. And so that's kind of, uh, networking. That's basically yeah. our plan. There's lots of parties, like you mm-hmm. said. So we're excited for those parties. We're excited to just network. We have some meetings set up just for connecting with partners or potential partners, maybe more networking and, and strategic partnerships than this year than like our first attempt, which was getting, rounding up some clients. Oh yeah. The woman I went with my first year, she fell asleep because she smoked so much during the day. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> but we did rent a car. And we went to one of the dispensaries where you can consume. I'd never been to a consumption ah, before. And it was fun. like, it was on the native American reservation. I can't remember. Okay. She took like a bong hit. I was just, oh. uh, I was still pretty new in the world and she was a, she was a longtime consumer and she took her bong hit and was so excited. It was telling me all about this. And I'm like, it was still kind of like making my head spin that you could still buy cannabis because it wasn't quite what it is in Massachusetts. Now it's normalized. All right. Uh, I'm excited. I hope, I don't think, like you mentioned on the reservation, that makes sense. I was going to say, I have been following the news on cannabis consumption lounges in Vegas. And it seems like the last two years we've been talking about maybe they'll get it together and before we get there. And I I don't think that they have. I don't think I've heard the latest, but Reagan and I did one year check out a couple dispensaries and, and I'm hoping we'll be able to do that. My concern is obviously the the Formula One preparations and and all the construction that has happened in Vegas the last couple of months preparing for that event this past weekend oh, really? as make it a little harder, harder to traverse 
I don't know. I'll, I'll be, I will look at you up because I'm just going to be hanging out with all my Canada lady friends because we'll get to finally see each other in person. We've just been sort of connecting all these I virtual know. places for years and years. So let's know where you're going to be so we can come uh, meet. Well, I'm going to be, we're going to be, I think it's going to be fun. I just, I haven't been there in a while. I think this is a way to empower us and make us feel connected again and go on and keep doing the work that we're all doing. So let's see, we have a couple more minutes. So are you doing any lobbying? Are you doing that kind of work? I know I talked to Reagan before. The- I personally talking. haven't. Yeah, I personally haven't gotten that involved. We do here in Washington, we support and are a sponsor of the Cannabis Alliance, which does a lot of the lobbying, if not the majority of the lobbying here in Washington mm-hmm. to continuously improve conditions for the the growers, the producers, the cultivators, the, the people, especially mm-hmm. the, the small businesses, mm-hmm. the mom and pops who need a chance to thrive in in the industry and in the market and not be overwhelmed and and put out of business by the big boys. I don't think we in Washington really allow for out of state operators. I think that- Yeah, why don't we just for the last couple minutes let's talk about what it looks like my listeners might not know. What does it look like in the state of Washington? What kind of dispensaries do you have? It's been there for a while. Is it normalized? How is it working? Yeah, well it's very normalized. The dispensaries, I mean, we've got dispensaries that are are kind of like a like a a walmart or where you just got tons and tons and then we've got some dispensaries that are more boutique and experience oriented and it it's just like another business in a on on the street i know i've been to numerous states where the dispensary experience is more clinical Mm-hmm. Um, or or just very you've got to sit in a waiting room only one person can go back at a time this and and it's very different here I mean we do have a couple places I'm sure that are regulating the amount of people that come in at any time but it is definitely more of a boutique type experience and and a a fun shopping yeah. experience and, and look at, and, and again this is all state everything and these products are all state specific do you think there's anything that's being out and made out in washington or anything that's coming out from there that's different than anywhere else in the country or do you see i mean they're, they've they been around longer so they have ability to make well, yeah, more a, innovation yeah yeah i well i'm i'm a flower girl so I'm, yeah. i don't tend to go much beyond but yes there are i mean we've always had edible and food products mm-hmm. that go beyond the gummy yeah, uh, they should. <laughs> yeah, we. I've worked with a brand and uh, numerous brands that are are doing unique infused pre rolls, different takes on that. There's new vapes coming out all the time. New t- vape technology that's coming out all the time. Are beverages are beverages big out there. I've, those are like yes, like in the uh, edge out here. Yeah, you know there are. I haven't checked in on them in a while, but Olala does a beverage line and they're all delicious. I know there are other brands and we don't really, and don't quote me because I haven't looked into this in a while, but we don't really allow out-of-state operators. I do think that you can be an out-of-state investor in a, in a brand and in a business, but we don't really have MSOs per se. Hmm. Um, I don't think we've even given out licenses in quite a while. I mean, again, we are, we're a mature market. Right. Yeah, it's like, they're taken, and this so. is so state specific. So, do you see? I don't know. Are there, I mean, the, eventually this is going to be legal federally. Obviously, at some point it will be. So, do you see? I keep hoping that the each state, because we're doing the state by state, are setting up good models for other 
states to copy, but it seems like we're just copying the bad stuff from each state. So but are we going to use that information? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> is there anything in Washington that, you know, you feel like is really hopeful? And I know I just talked to Ms. Kindness Ramirez last week, and she said the thing that actually gave her hope was that we're still talking about social equity. We haven't let it fall off the bad wagon totally. So yeah. uh, do you see anything out there that's going well, on? That you I, I'm just happy that there are organizations like the Cannabis Alliance, like different lobbying groups that are are paying attention mm-hmm. and are fighting for rights for smaller businesses, for mom and pops that, so that they're not just overwhelmed and, and pushed out of the market. I mean, I, I, I did, I think that Washington has done a pretty good job in a lot of ways. One thing that is m- maybe challenging, I think for Washington businesses is where you're not vertically integrated you cannot own a farm and own a dispensary you are not Which, oh, that's a, so this is like reverse so medicinal came in in massachusetts you had to be vertically integrated which kept a lot of people out because who can do that and then we had uh, adult use come in so you can any vertical integration in washington i think you can own a you can be a cultivator you can be a producer you can have both of those licenses but you cannot have a dispensary retail license and also have a producer grower hmm. uh, license so there's pros and cons to that right um, obviously the con being that the small people can't just sell directly to the consumer and they've got to compete for shelf space for yeah. glass space and that is i think challenging uh, but what, again, why we started Canisite. If you're going to compete with these companies that do have a marketing budget, you've got to have a good website that's going to tell your story and give you authority and credibility. Just because if you don't have a website, it's almost unheard of nowadays. That's the it story. doesn't help you build any authority. And the story is so important. And there's like everyone, it's your narrative that people believe in. So this is really empowering. All right. Actually, we're up on our time. So I just kept talking. I know. So Karen. <laughs> If they want to connect with you and Reagan or want to have a website or just want to like reach out to you, what is the best way to connect with you? Well, our website is where we would right. oh, there you go. everyone to go. <laughs> uh, Canasite.com. We're also on various social channels at Canasite. You can also just send an email to hello at Canasite.com and Reagan will reply right away. And we missed you. Sorry, we didn't have yes. you today, but hopefully I'll see you in Vegas. And any last words you want to leave before we like head off? I would say if you don't have a website, get on it right now. I would also say launch your website, even if it's imperfect, that websites are meant to grow with you. And if you're waiting for everything to be perfect before you launch it, you just may never launch it. And so we encourage everyone, just get something up there, get online, and then work on it as you go. That's can of mom advising, advising or something. All right. Thank you for joining us today. Hope that went well. And so there we go. Another show for my guests. And of course, my Cannabro David Jazz and my Cannamom show team. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to the emerging cannabis industry one cannabis story at a time. Thank you for sharing the inspiring stories of the many women building this new industry so together we can cross the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is The Cannon Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.